I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, Lauren Balogun. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Matchday Programme. Arsenal versus Fulham, Saturday, 26th of August 2023, kickoff 3 pm. The contents Captain's notes around Arsenal, sustainability. Player feature Takehiro Tomiyasu, Community Voice, Foundation Voice, Academy Young Gun, Louis Copley, Around the Academy, Women, Visitors, Fulham. Match action. Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. Match action. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. And teams. Martin Odegaard. Captain's Notes. In my opinion, it was a harsh red card for Tommy but the way the whole team reacted to the situation in difficult circumstances was really good and we can feel very proud of the way we managed the game from that moment and we deserve to get the win. When you look at our squad now, you see a lot of leaders, a lot of strong characters and that's great for us. We've got experience of these types of games and when you play away in a London derby especially, you need to be strong. We also have a lot of height in the team and that gives us more options as well. We can go for a different type of attack as well when we need to. We spoke about finding a way to win in these tough games, when things don't go for you, and so it was really pleasing that we took the three points. I have to thank Bukayo as well, for his part in the decision on the penalty. It wasn't something we discussed before the game, but we'd been practising them a lot in pre-season, and I scored all of mine, so I was feeling good. As I mentioned in my programme notes for the Nottingham Forest game, I'm ready to take them if needed because I like that responsibility. So when we got the penalty on Monday, me and Bakayo talked and I asked if I could take it. I was feeling good, and he gave it to me, so thanks a lot to Bakayo for that. The main thing is that I put it in the goal, so everyone was happy. So we'll see what happens next time we get a penalty. We'll see who's feeling good and wants to take it. That win was for Durian as well, because it's so tough for him to come to a new club and then pick up a bad injury in your first game. It's obviously very hard for him, but I have to say that he's dealing with it as well as he can. He's staying positive, coming into the training ground and doing all the things he has to do. He's a good guy, and for us it's about taking care of him, helping him and supporting him, so we wanted to send a message to him by having his shirt with us at the game. 
is a gesture and shows that we're all a family here. We're together as a team and everyone wanted to do that for him. As I said, I thought the red card for Tommy was very unlucky for both cards. For the throw-in, he didn't want to take up time. It was more that he was looking for options to throw to. And then for the second one, it looked to be a very harsh foul, especially for it to be the second yellow card. Of course, with it being a yellow card too, VAR can't look at it. But that's the way it is. Those are the rules, and all you can do is react in the right way when things like that happen on the pitch. I'm sure we'll see it more this season because of the rules, and it's how you deal with it that will determine the games. That's what we did on Monday, and we have to be ready to do it again if something happens. Overall, though, I think it's a good thing that the referees are stopping time-wasting, and it should be good for us. We saw it in games a lot last season when teams against us try to stop the game and slow everything down. We want the referees to be consistent though. We had games last season when the teams we're against try to waste time early on, but then nothing happens until later in the game when maybe we're the ones winning. Playing more injury time should be a good thing for us as well. We want to play as much as possible and play a fast game. We spent a lot of time in training on these new rules and how to adapt to them. The coaching staff are really onto these regulations and in training we do things like take out one player because we know when players get treatment now, they spend longer off the pitch. We plan for injury time as well. Games are not 90 minutes anymore. We try to think about all the small things and prepare the best we can for every situation. But again, these changes should be positive for us over the season. So personally, I'm in favour of them. The win at Palace keeps our momentum going and we spoke about that a lot last week, about how important it is to have a good start. That's our challenge today as well. We know it can be tricky at the beginning of the season to be at your best. You're not 100% in your best form always at this stage of the season, and it can take time to build your rhythm, but at the same time you have to win the games. It's crucial to pick up these points and build that confidence early on. We want to continue that against Fulham, but our match here against them last season was really tough. We only won it late on, so we have to be ready to fight for everything again. Finally, I just wanted to pass on my commiserations to the England women's team. We were training on the day of the final, so I didn't see all of it, but of course I followed it. The whole tournament shows how quickly the women's game is progressing. The crowds at the World Cup were great, and I know the game in England especially is in a really good place. They've got a good team and did well to get to the final. I know all of our supporters will be keen to see all our World Cup players back in action for us when the season starts in a few weeks. Thanks for the brilliant support on Monday. You all played a big part in that win too, and we'd love to hear you as loud as possible this afternoon again. Around Arsenal. UEFA Champions League draw on Thursday. Make sure you keep your eye on Arsenal Media on Thursday evening for the Champions League draw. Scheduled to start at 5pm in the UK, the draw takes place at the Grimaldi Forum Monaco with the same format as our last participation in 2016-17. 32 teams split into 8 groups of 4 who play each other home and away and the top 2 in each group qualifying for the last 16. The 2024-25 edition, however, will see an increase in teams to 36, who will compete in a single league. Due to our UEFA Cup coefficient, we will be placed in Pot 2 during the draw, meaning we cannot face fellow Pot 2 teams 
Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, RV Leipzig and Porto, until the knockout stages. We will definitely face the seeded team from Pot 1, namely Sevilla, Barcelona, Napoli, Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain, Benfica or Feyenoord. We'll also be drawn against a team from Pot 3 and Pot 4. Five of the sides in Pot 3 are already confirmed. Shakhtar Donetsk, Red Bull Salzburg, AC Milan, Lazio and Red Star Belgrade, while Pot 4 already features Union Berlin and Lenz. Real Sociedad, Celtic and Newcastle have also qualified and are waiting for the playoff games to decide if they are in Pot 3 or Pot 4. Those two-legged playoffs will conclude next week with the state of play so far. AEK Athens 0 vs Antwerp 1 Copenhagen 1 vs Rakow 0 PSV 2 vs Rangers 2 Young Boys 0 vs M Haifa 0 Galatasaray 3 vs Mulder 2 Panathinaikos 1 vs Braga 2 We can't be drawn against other English teams in addition to Newcastle, Man City are in pot 1 and Man United join us in Pot 2. Trio up for awards. Bukaya Saka and Martin Odegaard have both been nominated for the PFA Players Player of the Year Award for Season 2022-23. Our skipper earns his nomination after a superb campaign, scoring 15 Premier League goals. Our first central midfielder to hit that mark in the league since Cesc Fabregas in 2009-10 and contributing seven assists. He was named the Premier League Player of the Month for November-December, alongside nominations for the Division's Player and Young Player of the Year awards. Bukeo enjoyed an equally impressive campaign, scoring 15 goals and providing 11 assists. He was also nominated for both the Premier League's Player and Young Player of the season. The full shortlist is as follows. Martin Odegaard, Arsenal. Bukayo Saka, Arsenal Erling Haaland, Manchester City Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City John Stones, Manchester City Harry Kane, Tottenham Hotspur Bukayo has also been nominated for the PFA Young Player of the Year Award along with his teammate Gabriel Martinelli The 22-year-old Brazilian also scored 15 times last season more than doubling his total of six from 2021-22. stroke In a breakout season, our winger assisted his teammates five times and recorded the third most impressive dribble rate in the Atar League. Should either Bukeo or Gabriel be presented with the PFA Young Player of the Year award, they will be the first Gunners to do so since Jack Wiltshire in 2011. The full shortlist is Bukeo Saka, Arsenal. Gabriel Martinelli, Arsenal Jacob Ramsey, Aston Villa Evan Ferguson, Brighton and Hove Albion Moises Caicedo, Brighton and Hove Albion Erling Haaland, Manchester City Both the PFA Players Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year awards will be announced on Tuesday, August 29th when the PFA will commemorate the 50th anniversary of its award ceremony Read about Frida Marnham's nomination in our Arsenal Women's section. Fred Ollier 
It is with deep regret that we report the recent death of Arsenal historian Fred Ollier, aged 92. Born and bred in Crewe, Cheshire, Fred was a lifelong supporter, travelling to his first Arsenal match at Highbury in 1946 and regularly attending games until his later life. Alongside a successful career in engineering management in the rail industry, Fred's lifelong passion was collecting and documenting statistics concerning every aspect of his beloved arsenal. First team, reserves, youths and beyond. His painstaking research ultimately led to the publication of his seminal work on the club in 1988. Arsenal, a complete record. Producing for the first time in any published history a full statistical record of every competitive first team game including scorers, lineups, and attendances, including wartime fixtures. Affectionately known as the Bible within the media and communications team over the past 20-plus years, his book, which was updated and republished in 1995, gave many thousands of supporters a priceless insight into our remarkable history. A great friend of the club, Fred was regularly providing us with statistical and historical support, right up until two years ago, ensuring the club's statistics and records will be on the right track for many decades to come. He also helped answer numerous supporters' historical queries down the decades, relishing the challenge of tracking down a long-lost relative who had been rumoured to make a youth team appearance or two many moons ago. We were touched to hear that one of Fred's last conversations in hospital was to ask a family member who scored in our recent Community Shield win, followed by a big smile as he learned of the details of the victory over Manchester City. No doubt he would have been considering the correct order of the penalty takers and the likelihood of multiple substitutions in the season's opener, all of which would be needed recording accurately. Fred's passion, dedication and perfectionism ensured his historic contribution has made an indelible mark on the club he loved so much. His significance to the club is recognised on the supporters' stadium artwork, found a place where we belong, where you will find Fred on the far right of the collage, next to the Arsenal in Seoul banner. Our thoughts are with Fred's family and friends. Good luck, boys. Two first-team squad members have recently headed out on loan. Goalkeeper Alex Runnison has headed to Cardiff City in the Championship, where he was on the bench last weekend when they lost to a last-minute goal at Leicester. Former gunner Aaron Ramsey had scored a screamer for the Bluebirds in the 2-1 defeat. Marquinhos has headed to Nantes in Liga 1, also on a season-long arrangement. The young Brazilian came off the bench last weekend in his team's 2-1 home defeat to Toulouse. Ref Watch Today's man in the middle is Paul Tierney from Lancashire. The 42-year-old was last in charge of the Gunners at Anfield in the 2-2 draw in April. Earlier last season he was in charge of our FA Cup loss to Man City and 3-1 defeat at Old Trafford in the Premier League. In all, he has refed 16 Arsenal games, in which we have won 6, lost 6 and there have been 4 draws. Welcome Gist Riders We were recently contacted by Steve Ives, who let us know about a special event at Emirates today. Our dear friend Joe Jordan passed away suddenly last year at the age of 32 
due to a rare form of cancer known as gastrointestinal stromal tumour, GIST. A small group of cyclists and support team comprising his parents and friends are arriving at the Emirates this afternoon after cycling 350 kilometres over four days from Swansea, where Joe spent his university days. Joe was a devoted Arsenal fan who held a season ticket and travelled up and down the country as a travel club member from his teenage years. He was at Highbury for the Leicester City game in 2004, which sealed the invincible season, his favourite Arsenal memory. Joe would have revelled in last season's title challenge and would have loved nothing more than seeing us go one better this season. Hopefully three points today will contribute to that. Enjoy the game. You've done Joe proud. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Manchester United Premier League. Saturday, September the 3rd, kick-off, 4.30pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange up until 1.30pm on Saturday, September the 3rd. Arsenal vs Tottenham Hotspur, Premier League, Sunday, September 24th, kick-off, 2pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange up until 11am on Sunday, September 24th. Arsenal Women vs Liverpool Women's Super League, Sunday, October 1st, kick-off 2pm. General sale tickets are now on sale via our online box office. Arsenal vs Manchester City, Premier League, Sunday, October 8th, kick-off 4.30pm. Ballot registration for all members open Friday, August 25th at 10am and will close Tuesday, August 29th at 10am. Please visit the ticket information page on arsenal.com for further details. Arsenal Women vs Aston Villa, Women's Super League, Sunday, October 15th, kick-off 2pm. Early bird tickets are on sale until 12pm, Thursday, August 31st far. Arsenal's online box office. Away tickets. Everton vs Arsenal. Premier League. Goodison Park. Saturday, September 16th. Kick-off, 8pm. Tickets go on sale to Platinum Gold and Travel Club members with 40-plus away points on Monday, August 14th. Bournemouth vs Arsenal. Premier League. Vitality Stadium. Saturday, September 30th. Kick-off, 3pm. Tickets for this match will go on sale to Platinum Gold and Travel Club members with 45-plus away points on Tuesday, August 29th. Please visit the ticket information page on arsenal.com for further details. Stop Press. Under-21s win. Congratulations to the under-21s who claimed two points in their first Puffer Johns Trophy fixture against Swindon Town on Tuesday night. They earned a point for the 2-2 draw, Lino Souza and Jimmy Gower grabbing our goals, and an extra one for then prevailing in a penalty shootout 5-4, with Carl Hine saving a spot kick. A report will feature in the Manchester United programme. Club Culture Welcoming supporters' clubs to Emirates Stadium on their special match day. Today we welcome the Arsenal Disabled Supporters Association. ADSA were formed in 2016 and already have 432 members, having begun with just over 107 years ago. 
Most members are from the UK, but they also have global gunners, including from Canada and Germany. They have set themselves a target to reach 500 members. Their objectives include continuing to work closely with the disability liaison team at the club to improve and remove barriers to access at the stadium. They are currently working with our disability liaison team on improving the experience on tours and visiting the Arsenal Museum for blind people, as well as working on making it easier to allow disabled supporters to purchase their away tickets online. The association is particularly proud of the excellent collaborative work that has been done between the club and the deaf community in introducing British Sign Language at Emirates Stadium. Special mention to members Christopher Cleland and Raymond Kay, who deserve great credit for the work improving deaf access at Emirates Stadium. Today's hero experience. Welcome to Arsenal, James Dunsby and friends who are enjoying our hero experience this afternoon. NMR shirts for young role models. The No More Red initiative sees Adidas support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, we are spotlighting the work of young people who made a positive difference. And at today's game, Agloria and Myowa, two outstanding local young people, who through their engagement with Arsenal in the community now play key roles on a National Youth Voice Forum with the Premier League Charitable Fund. This forum consists of 20 young people from across the country and work with the PLCF to develop social action projects which promote sustainability within the community. Gloria, age 16, is a participant in our PL Kicks programme and attends weekly girls-only football sessions, which provide opportunities for participants to enjoy sports, while also build friendships and take part in a wide range of opportunities off the pitch. Over the past year, Gloria has been an integral part of the project through taking on leadership roles within the group, completing coaching courses, and now playing a central role on the National Youth Forum. Mayowa, also aged 16, has been a participant on our PL Kicks programme for over four years. As well as taking part in regular sessions throughout this time, Mayowa has been a fantastic role model to others by engaging in positive activities outside the football programme, such as volunteering at community events and taking part in workshops. Meet the mascots. Welcome to today's mascots, Amira and Dulcie. Amira from Bournemouth is representing her beloved Gunners this afternoon and the 11-year-old tells us that her favourite players are Declan Rice, Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard. Leading out Fulham is 7-year-old Dulcie who is actually from Fulham and loves all their players. We hope you have a fantastic afternoon, girls. Notice Board Welcome to the Arsenal, L.B. Sheridan, born on August 1st. Congratulations to Mum and Dad, Cyan and Patrick, who are Arsenal through and through and first met at Barcelona versus Arsenal in 2016. A big welcome to seven-year-old Mason, enjoying his first match at Emirates today from everyone at Arsenal. Happy 30th birthday, Danny Raffi. Happy 21st birthday, Freddie. Love from Mum, Dad, Charlie, Mandy, Ronnie, Leah, Els, Nanny Anne, Grandad and Sarah. Kiss, kiss, kiss. 
Happy 30th birthday, Thomas Rosen. Love you lots, Mum, Dad, Jamie and Gabby. Congratulations, Robin Bone, whose new wife is incredibly grateful that today's game is not on television. Otherwise, their wedding would have been delayed. Kirsten B. Kiss. Happy 10th birthday, Freddie. Enjoy your birthday at the Emirates. Lots of love, Mum, Dad and Molly. Kiss, kiss. Happy birthday to Peter Fallowfield, with lots of love from Dad, Amy, Marie and Millie. Congratulations, Luke and Erica, on your recent engagement. Wishing you love and happiness for many years to come. Congratulations to Dr. Chendurana Kayalai Pulai and Ms. Ayanthe Greenwood on their marriage on 19th of August 2023. Assalamu alaikum, my Adil, my love. Happy birthday to the most wonderful, terrific husband. May Allah SWT grant you the best in this life and the next, inshallah. Amin, lots of love from your wifey, Aisha. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Belated happy birthday to our little Guna, Rafferty Whitbread Ward, who was three years old on 17th of August. Love from the Whitbread Ward and Williams families. Welcome to Austin Ziwa. Hope you enjoy the match and your first visit to the Emirates. Love Mark, Mummy and Aurelia. Wishing a very happy 70th birthday to Pat, Mum, Granny P. With lots of love from the Denchfields and the Ashworths. Kiss, kiss. To Brandon Young. Happy 10th birthday. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the match. Lots of love. Mum, Dad and Taylor. Kiss, kiss. Happy 7th birthday. Jack Bushby. From Arsenal. Mummy, Dad and Sam. Kiss. Happy birthday. Pooja Rai. Congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Lover on their wedding day. Love from all your friends and family. Kiss. Happy 21st birthday, Georgia Postlethwaite. Hope you have a great day. Love from Mum, Dad, La and the rest of the family. Happy 80th birthday to Anne Chapman, a lifelong supporter and until recently a season ticket holder. Here at the match today with son Steve. To Claire and James, congratulations on your big day. Love from Mum, Dad and all your family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Arsenal remembers Brian Porter. In loving memory of Brian Porter, Harlow, Essex, who passed away March 3rd, aged 87. A lifelong gunner, always in our hearts. Darren, Jackie and George. Kiss, kiss. Marie Reynolds. You were loved so much and we miss you every single day. You always brought a smile to our lives. Lester Schiffman. Wishing a long life to the family of Lester Schiffman in memory of his sudden passing. A lifelong gooner taken too soon. Loving husband and father to Joe, Tasha, Lila and Brody. Alex Reynolds. In tribute to Alex Reynolds, a wonderful friend, gooner and one of the kindest people we'll know. Loved and missed by so many. Terry Sylvester, in loving memory of Terence Christopher Sylvester. Terry, 12th of August 1937 to 14th of June 2023. Lynn Clark, Arsenal have lost one of their most faithful and passionate supporters. Lynn Clark, who sadly passed away recently. The North Bank will miss her. Victoria Concordia Cresit. Jeff Fair. 
Farewell to our dear friend and lifelong gunner, Jeff Fair. Rest easy, big man. Love the Woodbine boys. Kiss. Callum Ewan, aged 23, from Fock Harbours, Scotland, a bonnie loon who filled our lives with joy, beautiful inside and out, loved and missed by family and friends, forever in our hearts. Bill Weimer, 1930-2023, supporting his beloved Arsenal to the very end of his 93 years. Forever Gooners because of you, Grandad. Sustainability. Emirates Garden. Hopefully many of you have visited the wonderful statue of Arsène Wenger. Whilst paying homage to our legendary former manager, hopefully you will be able to enjoy the garden that we have also created as part of the project. This small but perfectly formed area has several benefits. Firstly, the introduction of plants to an otherwise mainly grey urban area can help bring additional and essential wildlife to our home. Green spaces also have well-documented benefits on mental well-being, as well as simply improving the aesthetics of an area. For the gardeners out there, you may well have spotted examples of hydrangea, nandina and the beautiful Photinia red robin. For those of you who aren't, we hope you enjoy the colourful plants. But there is a lot more to this story. The panels that form the beds are made of recycled material, and not just any recycled material, a legacy from the awful Covid restrictions, the bags used to restrict access to seats and keep us apart within Emirates Stadium, have been turned into something that will hopefully bring us together. Not only are the panels made from recycled material, but the compost used to house the new plants is made from Emirates Stadium food waste. Busy in Bore There's lots going on in Bore, the area of coastal Kenya where we are growing the Arsenal Forest, which now totals over 28,000 trees. Nursery Tales The nursery where the saplings are being nurtured has been extremely busy recently as the funding from Arsenal and other projects allied to perfect growing conditions has seen the propagation capacity go up from 1 million seedlings to 1.25 million. Preparations look extremely positive for the upcoming planting season. Amazing! The new project to support the Bore Lionesses Football Club, who have been fully kitted out by Arsenal in setting up a small cooperative trading business in the local village of Bore, Singwaya, is now well underway and it's already becoming a nice sideline earner for the whole team. They take it in turns to staff the business, one of whom is Alice Khadija Hare, who uses newly purchased scales for weighing out the maize meal and other groceries in the shop. Alice is an athletic right-winger for the Lionesses. School Support Because it's been so consistently wet over in Bore, the nursery has been able to continue distributing trees to schools and farmers on an almost ongoing basis, rather than in the normal two seasonal tranches. 
As we've mentioned before, the schools are all very keen to have neem trees, as it's the variety we grow in the Arsenal Forest, so much so that it has now become known as the Arsenal Tree in the region, and its popularity has rocketed. Together, Takehiro Tomiyasu. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. The environment and atmosphere of a Premier League club's dressing room can take some getting used to, especially if your upbringing in the sport is from a very different background. But adapting to life abroad and assimilating into a team setup is one of the things that Takehiro Tomiyasu says he loves about being a footballer. Takehiro Tomiyasu's career to date has taken him from Japan to Belgium and then Italy before arriving in England. So, although he's still only 24 years old, the fullback has plenty of experience of adapting to different cultures, changing rooms, and team dynamics. He's taken it all in his stride, with the minimum of fuss, just how he faces challenges on the pitch, and he says that learning to fit into a new environment is part of the job. But still, as the only player from his continent in the squad, Tommy has had to adapt more than most to the expectations and conventions of fitting into a team in English football. Being a team player, though, and having the support of teammates has become second nature. It's something he's known virtually all his life. The first time I was ever part of a team was when I was four or five, he begins. It was at my school, even before elementary school, like a kindergarten, and there they had a football club, and that's where I started. That was the first time I had played football, and I've basically been part of teams ever since. So, as a future Japan international, did he stand out among his peers even then, during those early days? No, no, I was not special at all, he says, laughing. I was not special when I was younger. I'm not just being humble. If you like, you can ask my teammates from the time and they will tell you. But I enjoyed playing, that's why I did it, not because I thought I was especially good or anything. I've never played any other sports, only ever football. That was what I loved. We were all good friends in the team because obviously we were at the same school, so we knew each other well. I'm still in touch with some of them. In fact, my best friend back in Japan is someone I grew up with at school and played football with. We were at the same academy from the age of 13 to 17. We played as teammates and have been best friends ever since. He doesn't play anymore, though. As Tommy grew and progressed through his school team age groups, his influence steadily increased too. He admits he's never been the most vocal player, either on or off the pitch. But in Japan, other qualities are more important when it comes to choosing leaders. In my academy teams, I was usually the captain, he explains. I was not the loudest player in the team. I would never have said that. But to be honest, in Japan, you do not have to be the loudest player to be captain. If you do very well on the pitch, and if you are a good person off the pitch as well, that is more important, and they will have respect for you. That's when you can be the captain. It's done on respect in that way, rather than leadership and being loud. At the age of 19, just two years after turning professional, Tommy left Japan for Belgian team St. Truden in early 2018. 
after recovering from injury, he soon became an established player in the side. That, in turn, led to a move to Serie A side Bologna the following year, and he quickly excelled in Italy. After just two years at Bologna, Mikel Arteta brought him to North London at the start of the 2021-22 season. Now, with more than two years under his belt here, and more than 50 appearances to his name, he says he is very settled to life in London and enjoys the feeling of camaraderie in the Gunners' dressing room. I think our relationship between all the players is very good, he smiles. There are a lot of young players, a lot of players around the same age, and you can really feel that we are together as one team. Not just the players, but the coaching staff as well. We are like a family, and everyone is quite close. And that's despite the many different nationalities in the current squad. In fact, there are players from 18 countries in the first team dressing room, with a wide range of experience among the group. Tommy believes this diversity is a particular strength of the team and can bring players together as long as the environment and the culture is right. It's important in any team, he says, but first of all you need to respect the other players, other people, who are different nationalities or from a different culture. First you need to respect that and you need to know what other people want. And also you need to know their personalities their character and what they expect from you. When you do that, then everybody can get on because you learn more about them. There is a big difference for me, he continues. Obviously, between the European countries, there is maybe less difference between maybe Spain and Portugal than there is with Asian countries, of course. Maybe there is a big difference, but for me, I can't see them especially. But for me, I obviously feel a difference between myself and the other players who are from Europe. But, you know, I'm here in the UK, so it's on me to adapt and fit my environment. I came here to play football, so that's why I need to adapt. It's not for the others to adapt. There are some things different for me playing over here, schedules, meal times, and so on, but I already got used to adapting to something when I was in Belgium and then, of course, I played in Italy. Also, I think that Japanese people are generally good at adapting to a new environment, and that goes for me. It's part of the job of being a footballer. I haven't found it so difficult being here in the UK. So, who is Tommy especially close to in the current team? Maybe William Saliba, but to be honest, I don't speak a lot anyway, he says laughing. That's nothing to do with the environment here, it's just the way I am. In fact, I probably speak more in the Arsenal dressing room than I do when I'm with the Japan national team. I'm not the rowdiest person, and they would say that in the national team as well. But it's good. I feel at home. I have a few Japanese friends in London too, so I have a lot of people I see. I haven't really asked the others about places to go in London or things like that, but that's because I don't go out that much anyway. On the coaching staff, If I had to say one person, it would be Carlos Cuesta. He speaks a lot with the defenders, so I spend a lot of time with him at the training ground. But all of the coaching team, and the medical team as well, are really helpful and welcoming to me. So it's clear that Tommy feels settled in North London, and has adapted without having to compromise his own characteristics and personal qualities in the process. And as a vital part of the Japan national team, He's still very much in touch with his homeland too, 
So, how would the defender describe the differences between life as part of the Arsenal team dynamic compared to what he grew up with in Japan? There are many differences. He smiles. It's difficult to explain how, but it's different. I'm not saying one is better or one is worse. But if you were in the Arsenal changing room and then the Japan changing room, you would know it's very different. To give you one example, our dressing room before a game with the national team is quiet. There is no music playing or anything like that. Maybe some of the players have music playing in their earphones, but nothing on speakers. It's more to do with individual preparation and focus. You focus on yourself and what you have to do, and then that helps the team. Obviously, we all play for the team. But at that moment, it's more about individual preparation and giving everyone space. I'd say that's a big difference between the Premier League and in Japan. Community voice. Name Abdul. Age thirty-five. From London. Project. Arsenal Adult Learning Disability Football, established 2007. Weekly participants 40. Sessions every Thursday at the Arsenal Hub Learning Disability. Arsenal in the community and the Almeida Theatre in Islington have been working together for the second time, bringing together the combined strength of Arsenal's community outreach and Almeida's artistic expertise to offer local young people, many of whom have not previously been involved in theatre, the opportunity to experience an exciting part of the community which is completely new to them. Over the summer holidays, members of Arsenal's weekly adult learning disability project have been taking part in workshops with director Jack Nurse and Almeida's participation team to prepare them for a role in a play called Twenty Four Day: The Measure of My Dreams, written by Annie Jenkins. Twenty Four Day was the first in a trilogy of plays bringing together local artists, community performers, and professional creatives to explore what it means to live, work, love, pray, celebrate, and mourn in Islington. Abdul tells us about his participation in the scheme and the many benefits he has gained from the experience. He says. I heard about the scheme through Arsenal in the community because I take part in football projects. I also assist as a coach for an after-school club for children with special educational needs. When I heard about the theatre project, it was something I really wanted to do. It's great to be part of a project like this. I hadn't even been to the Almeida Theatre before, so I was really excited to get involved as it was something that was new to me. Getting on stage to act as a referee and as an Arsenal fan was so enjoyable because I'm both already. It wasn't just being on stage; it was the people involved with every aspect of the project, and I've made lots of friends, which is important because we all needed to support each other when we were acting on stage. It's similar to how we all support each other when we're on the football pitch, and all the staff at the Almeida helped ease our nerves and built our confidence when we took to the stage. Taking part has made me see things in a different light and reflect on what I do. For example, even when you are coaching, you need to show different emotions and personalities. 
This is the same when I was acting. It has definitely made me feel more confident in general and I've been able to use the confidence when I'm coaching at Arsenal in the Community Sessions too. I'm more confident to try new things. What's really surprised me about being part of this project is that I enjoy acting a lot more now. That's why it's important to try new things because you may actually begin to like it. Overall, being a part of Arsenal is special. Given that I'm a fan, it's fantastic to be a part of this amazing club. Arsenal does great work in the community and has created opportunities for me to achieve my full potential and I'm forever grateful. That could be the same for other people too. If they get an opportunity like this, go for it. If you don't try things, you will never know if you like them or not. It's happened again. The first collaboration between Arsenal and the Almeida came in 2016 when the theatre put on a play called Boy, focusing on inner city experiences. Alongside the production, thanks to a grant from the Arsenal Foundation, the theatre's playwrights worked with Arsenal in the community project participants to develop a series of monologues and short plays based on their own real-life experiences. These were then presented by professional directors and actors on stage at the Almeida Theatre, with many participants playing small acting roles in it too. Foundation Voice, Arsenal Acts The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Safe Haven Basketball an inclusive London-based basketball club for people of all abilities aged 14 to 25. Grace Colvert, 26, tells us about the club she founded with her mum. I live in London with my mum and dad and my brother close by, but my sister lives in New York. I have lived there and in Japan as well as in Hertfordshire. I love sport and especially women's sport. I play basketball and tennis. I used to play cricket as well, and I love watching all these sports and football. I like to go to both men's and women's matches. We started Safe Haven Basketball after we moved back to London from New York. My mum found our coach in a venue, and me and some friends started playing. I love basketball, and I wanted to carry on playing with a team like I did in New York, where my team was called Safe Haven, which is how our club got its name. I love the NBA and the BBL. I've been to watch the London Lions play and I've had some coaching from them. We went to Madison Square Garden to watch basketball when we lived in New York and I even got to play on the court there too. Our sessions take place during term time on Mondays in Westminster, Wednesday in Hackney and Saturdays in Camden. The sessions include warm-up, skills training and a game. I've always enjoyed scoring baskets and I've been able to practice a lot. My team call me the machine because I'm good at shooting. We're competitive too. We've taken part in Special Olympic competitions and we've hosted teams from around the country. We took two teams to the National Summer of Sports Special Olympics in Manchester in 2021 at the National Basketball Performance Centre. We also have smaller competitions with schools and also play together in competitions against each other. 
I was selected to play for the women's three times three team GB basketball team for the International Special Olympics in Berlin in June this year, which was a fantastic experience. Basketball has given me so much. I've made new friends, grown in confidence, and I'm fitter. When we moved to London, I really didn't know anyone, but now I know the team from all over London, and we do such fun things together going to basketball matches and having special events at the ends of term. Travelling to games in the minivan and playing against people I don't know has been fantastic for building my confidence and I feel really strong mentally and physically when I play. I really like watching Arsenal, especially the women. They have been so important in developing the game. And by supporting my club and clubs like mine, Arsenal are really sharing their love of sport and making it possible for everyone to have a sport they enjoy. It's a fantastic thing to do, and has so much positive impact on so many people. Thank you, Arsenal, for being such great community champions. Academy Young Gun, Louis Copley. The Basics. Born South End, 20th of the 10th, 2006. Joined 30th of the 7th, 2019. Height and weight, 5 foot 10, 68 kilograms. Position, central attacking midfielder. Boots, Adidas X. School, Fitzwimark School, Rayleigh. Number 99. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace 80, dribbling 82. Passing 84, shooting 75, defending 68. Physical, 56. Firstly, I'm an Essex boy, born and bred. I was born in Southend Hospital and I've lived in the area my whole life. It was my mum's side of the family that got me into football because I would watch Arsenal matches with them and they were all Arsenal fans. So I had no choice but to support the famous Red and White. One of my earliest footballing memories was my first live Arsenal game at the Emirates. It was the game when Theo Walcott scored a hat-trick and we beat Newcastle 7-3 in 2012. I'll always remember Walcott's third goal when he got fouled but he played on and scored that brilliant goal. Growing up, I looked up to a player like Jack Wilshere, given that he's come through the academy and was a first-team regular for Arsenal. When I first came to training and saw him, it was mental, and it's still crazy to this day that he's now my coach, but it's an honour to learn from him every day. I also looked up to Thomas Rosicki. I liked his energy and style of play, plus he loved a big goal against Tottenham. From when I was four or five, I would kick a ball about and play with the older age groups. Then, at seven, I joined my first pre-academy. At the time, you could train with multiple teams, so I was training with both Southend United and Colchester United. Not long after that, I went to Charlton Athletic and played a few matches for them before signing for West Ham at under-9 level. I was at West Ham for three seasons before being offered a trial by Arsenal, a dream come true for a Gooner. However, it wasn't a smooth transition due to my registration, and I wasn't sure if I'd ever get the chance to play for the Gunners. It got to a point that I decided to take up trials for Chelsea and Fulham because it was taking that long. Finally, the official confirmation came through and everything was cleared. I was an Arsenal player, a massive sigh of relief. But the bad luck continued. 
During my first training session back at Hale End, I got a concussion when I collided with a teammate, and that kept me out for a month and a half. Frustrating, because I hadn't played for so long prior, but at least I knew this time that I was an official player at the club. When it came to getting my scholarship, I wasn't too sure because, in my under-14 season, I was fit firing and playing well. But then the next season, as an under-15, I missed a large chunk of the season with a stress fracture. I was aware that the middle of next season is when you get offered a scholarship. So I worked really hard in the pre-season, knowing that this upcoming season was going to be extremely important for my future. But just as the season was about to begin, I broke my wrist. That kept me out for two months. The luck wasn't on my side, but I got back fit and got my scholar, so hopefully I can kick on this year and next year. I'm so grateful to Per and Luke for having faith in me. They know what I can do when I'm fit, and I'm super privileged to be able to play for the Arsenal. When I first arrived at London Colney, I was in awe of the building. It's so big. I had to ask people where to go, but it's a high-quality facility, and we have the best resources and coaches to reach our full potential. There's been a couple of funny moments. One of them was when I was training with the under-21s, and Reese Nelson was with us as he was coming back from injury. We were doing a training drill, and I was a linesman, but I kept flagging him offside. After the session, he came up to me and joked with me that I kept getting the decisions wrong, which was funny. Reese is a top guy, and his journey at Arsenal is inspiring for all of us. During the World Cup last December, I got to train with the first team, which was a surreal experience. Having the opportunity to play with and against the likes of Jesus, Zinchenko and Ben White was a fantastic challenge. Having trained with the 18s, 21s and first team, you notice how much the intensity increases at each level. The touches they produce are out of this world and they know exactly where the next pass is. They're a step ahead each time. But it's a great learning curve for us as we get first-hand experience of where we need to be if we want to become a first-team player at Arsenal. This season, I'm hoping to get at least 20 goal contributions for the under-18s. I've started the season well, scoring against West Ham in a 2-0 win. I was buzzing because I'm not usually a player that scores many goals, but I want to kick on and improve my statistics this season and get as far in the FA Youth Cup as possible. Around the academy, strong start to the season. Arsenal under-21's head coach Mehmet Ali was thrilled with his side's start to the season after a 3-0 win over London rivals West Ham in our opening Premier League 2 fixture on Friday, August the 11th. Goals from Miles Lewis-Skelly, Nathan Butler-Oyadeji and Amario Cozier-Jubri sealed an impressive home win for the young Gunners as they hit the ground running. On the performance, Mehmet said, We came out of the blocks firing and we really imposed our style on West Ham. I thought the team played excellently. We defended well, created good chances and got our reward with the three points. I'm very proud of the performance. Mehmet also spoke of how his young squad has benefited greatly from training with the first team regularly. We're fortunate that we get to work with Mikel closely and train with the first team, he said. The composure and the way they play is something we try to mirror. It's for a purpose, to move the ball with quality and create overloads to dominate the game, which allows the team to express themselves. 
Our under-21s backed up the good performance against the Hammers with another at home to Leicester City on Friday, August the 18th. A three-goal margin again, but 4-1 this time. A hat-trick from Ethan Nguyeneri and a stunner from James Sweet ensured we kept up our perfect start to the Premier League 2 season. I thought we dominated the game, said Mehmet afterwards. We were clinical when we needed to be and got our reward for some really impressive passages of attacking. Despite scoring seven goals in our opening two games of the season, Mehmet is still challenging his players to improve on both sides of the pitch. When you play for Arsenal, you always have to look at how we can improve, and we should have scored more goals. Our defensive line could have been a bit more aggressive at times, but I'm very happy with the overall performance. The under-21's head coach was pleased with Nguyeneri's performance, as the 16-year-old netted his first hat-trick at this level. I'm really pleased for Ethan. He works really hard, and I thought tonight his composure and positioning were brilliant, and he got the rewards for it. They were three really good goals, but massive credit must go to his teammates for providing him with the opportunities. The under-18s also got off to a winning start on August the 12th at London Colney, exacting a little revenge on West Ham after last season's FA Youth Cup final defeat. Daniel Oyatunde and Louis Copley's first-half goals were enough to secure an important three points on the opening day of the new season. Coach Jack Wilshere was particularly impressed with his side's defensive shape during the game. I thought we defended our box brilliantly, especially against the set-pieces said our former first-team midfielder after the game. The challenge was, can we be tough to break down, and can we keep a clean sheet? We did both very well, and got the result we wanted. Despite the positive result, Jack is challenging his players to perform to an even higher level, saying, we're in a good place, but we still have a lot of work to do in terms of building the chemistry between the new squad, as there are a lot of new players. But it's the perfect start to the season and the chemistry will grow the more we play with each other. In the under-18s next match, they travelled to West Brom on Saturday, August 19th, and shared the spoils after a creditable performance. Osman Kamara earned a point for Wilshere's side just minutes after the restart, to ensure we kept up our unbeaten start to the league season. I thought it was a good performance, and we dominated the ball, said Wilshere. When you come to places like West Brom, they're going to make it tough for you, but I thought we managed the game well. Kamara's goal came four minutes after half-time, and Wilshere emphasised that he told his players to come out with fight and to dominate. I told them to believe, and show their personality, because they're more than capable of doing so. As well as that, I also encouraged them to make every possession count, and hurt them in the final third. We're disappointed not to come away with all three points, but I'm happy with the way they responded after going a goal down. Family Affair The new intake of first-year scholars features a sibling story, but not for the first time. First-year scholar William Sweet joins brother James in the academy, James having joined as a first-year at the start of season 2020-21. 16-year-old Will tends to play in defence, with 19-year-old James operating at fullback or in a midfield role. The Sweets certainly aren't the first sets of brothers we've had in the academy. At one point, there were three Willocks in our system though only Chris and younger brother Joe signed scholarship forms for the Gunners, both going on to play first-team football for us. Oldest brother Matthew left the Gunners to join Manchester United's academy. Justin Hoyt and younger brother Gavin also played first-team football for the Gunners in defence after coming through the academy, and a few years before them, Carlin and Cedric Atonga 
were both signed as scholars at the turn of the century, Carlin making one first-team appearance. And back in August 1996, the club signed the teenage Icelandic brothers, Valer and Stefan Gislason, who, though technically not part of the academy, only played youth team and reserve games for the Gunners. Changes to Premier League 2 You'll have read that we've enjoyed an excellent start to the PL2 season so far, and it's worth noting that, after an extensive review of PDP competitions, a new format was voted in for this season. Previously, the 25 clubs with Category 1 academies were split into two divisions. Teams played each other on a traditional home-and-away basis, with two clubs relegated and two promoted. As of this season, however, the current 26 clubs that currently have Category 1 academy status will be placed in one division in what is known as a Swiss model, due to be utilised in the Champions League from 2024-25 onwards. These teams will be divided into five pots based on performance over the past three seasons, with fixtures determined by a draw made according to clubs' positions in the five seeded pots. Each team will play 20 regular season matches throughout the season, six fewer than we had during the 2022-23 campaign. Teams will face each club in their own seeding pot once, as well as three to five teams in all other pots, either home or away and the results of all the games will generate a table ranking the 26 teams. After the regular season is completed, the top 16 teams will qualify for the playoffs. Teams will be drawn against each other based on their league positions. For example, the team finishing first facing the team that finished 16th. These will be one-off elimination matches, with the higher-seeded team playing at home. In addition, the teams finishing in the top 12 will be invited to take part in the next season's Premier League International Cup. It's hoped that the removal of relegation will help clubs make development-first decisions and minimise the impact of relegation on future groups of under-21 players. The playoffs will also involve up to 16 teams, up from four, and give teams a greater breadth of fixtures, playing 20 different opponents, compared with only 13 in Division 1 and only 10 in Division 2. Arsenal Women A tournament to remember Ultimately there was heartache for Alicia Russo and Lot Rubenmoy as their England team fell at the final hurdle with a 1-0 World Cup final defeat against Spain last Sunday. Alessia started in the final but couldn't add to the three goals she had accumulated in the tournament. The previous day, Sweden claimed third place, with Amanda Ilested, Stina Blackstenius and Lena Hurtig all featuring in the 2-0 win over Australia. Australia's team featured Steph Cately in defence, with Caitlin Ford in a front three. The quarterfinals had featured Victoria Pelova, whose Netherlands team lost out to Spain, while Catherine Kuhl and her Denmark team went out in the last 16 to Australia. Three other gunners departed the competition at the last 16. Noel Maritz and Lea Valtese Switzerland were another team to succumb to Spain, while Norway, featuring Frieda Manum, lost out to Japan. Finally, Republic of Ireland and Canada were unable to get out of the group stage, meaning Katie McCabe, Chloe Lacasse and Sabrina D'Angelo all departed the competition before the knockout stages. World Cup Minutes Steph Cately, 660 
Caitlin Ford, 659, Amanda Ilested, 632, Stina Blackstenius, 503, Alessia Russo, 482, Victoria Pelova, 430, Noel Maritz, 360, Leah Valti, 345, Catherine Kull, 305, Katie McCabe, 270, Frieda Manum, 259, Chloe Lacasse, 121, Lena Hurtig, 111, Sabrina D'Angelo, 0, Lot Vuban Moy, 0. Frieda up for award. Frieda Manum has been named as contender for the PFA Players Player of the Year award after a breakout season at the club. This is Manum's first nomination for the prestigious player voted accolade after being nominated for Young Player of the Year last season. Our 23 year old midfielder, who recently returned from international duties for Norway at the Women's World Cup, recorded nine goals and four assists in only her second Women's Super League campaign. Alongside her team contributions, Manham received a number of individual accolades in recognition for her spectacular performances. She was named Arsenal Women's Player of the Month twice last season and came second in our Goal of the Month poll in March for her superb strike against Bayern Munich in the UEFA Women's Champions League quarter final. Our midfielder was also nominated for the PFA Fans Player of the Season earlier this summer. All the winners will be announced this Tuesday, August 29th, at the PFA's prestigious 50th Anniversary Awards Ceremony. The full shortlist for the 2022 23 PFA Players Player of the Year Award is as follows Owner Battle, Man United, Rachel Daly, Aston Villa, Sam Kerr, Chelsea, Frieda Manham, Arsenal, Guru Rayton, Chelsea, Khadija, Bunny Shaw, Man City. Have you seen our doc yet? You can now relive Arsenal Women's Rollercoaster 2022 23 season in a new five part documentary series, Togetherness, available to watch on arsenal.com and the app. Togetherness follows our women's team across the entire campaign, from our record breaking run of clean sheets and exhilarating comebacks to an incredible Champions League run and our very first Emirates Stadium sellout. Catch never before seen footage from our squad as they reckon with season ending injuries and grow closer than ever before as a team. Don't miss this groundbreaking behind the scenes production and see the players like you've never seen them before. Link Oping Tickets Arsenal supporters are advised to purchase tickets in blocks J to L for the round one qualifiers of the UEFA Women's Champions League against Link Oping FC. These can be purchased from the tickets section of their website www.linkopingfc.com. Prices are as follows. Adult, 240 kroner, £17.70. Young adults, 13 to 18. And seniors, 170 kroner, approximately £12.50. Juniors under 13, 80 kroner, £5.90. Please note, proof of age may be required at the turnstiles. Fixture News 
Arsenal will play Linköping of Sweden in the UWCL first round tie to qualify for the Champions League group stage. If they defeat the Swedish side, they will play the winners of Paris FC versus FC Kruivbas of Ukraine in the final of the league path qualifiers on September 9th. This match will also be held in Linköping. If we progress through these matches, we will face a two-legged playoff round in October to reach the Champions League group stage. If we are knocked out of the UWCL in either rounds one or two, we will begin the defence of our Continental Cup at the group stage, playing our first match on November 8th to 9th. A draw would take place to determine which group, C, D or E, we would join. If we progress to the UWCL group stages, we will enter the Conti Cup at the quarter-final stage on February 7th to 8th, 2024, with the semi-finals being played on March 6th to 7th and the final on Saturday, March 31st. Visitors, Fulham. Today's visitors, formed 1879, home, Craven Cottage, since 1896, capacity 22,384, owner, Shahid Khan, honours, second-tier champions, 1949, 2001, 2022, third-tier champions, 1932, 1999, FA Cup runners-up, 1975, UEFA Intertoto Cup winners, 2002, Europa League runners-up, 2010, POTY, 2022-23, Yao Polina, most appearances, Johnny Haynes, 658, 1952-70, most goals, Gordon Davis, 178, 1978 to 84 and 1986 to 91. Famous fans Richard Osmond, TV. Felix White, musician, writer. David Diddy Hamilton, DJ. Hugh Grant, actor. Keith and daughter Lily Allen, acting and singing, but brother Alfie supports Arsenal. For the first time since 2017 to 18, Fulham are kicking off the season in the same division as they ended the previous one. The West Londoners had alternated between the Championship and Premier League for six successive campaigns before consolidating their second-tier title triumph in 2021-22 under Portuguese head coach Marco Silva with an excellent 10th-place top-flight finish last term, their highest final Premier League placing in 11 years. Indeed. It would have been even better, but for an early spring stutter that brought seven defeats in nine games, including 3-0 at home to Arsenal. For much of the campaign, the Cottagers were realistically targeting a return to Europe, where they were memorable competitors in the inaugural 2009-10 season of the UEFA Europa League, when Roy Hodgson led them all the way to the final against Atletico Madrid. Fulham's build-up to this season was hampered by the transfer request of the club's top scorer for four of the last five seasons, Serbian hitman Aleksandra Mitrovic, who finally departed for Saudi club Al-Hilal to join the likes of Neymar, Ruben Neves, Lidu Koulibaly and compatriot Sergei Milinkovic-Savic last weekend. His replacement is Raul Jimenez, 
who has been joined at Craven Cottage by his ex-Molyneux accomplice, Adama Traore, with Nigerian defender Calvin Bassey also arriving from Ajax. There was a positive start to the new campaign when Fulham plundered all three points away at a misfiring Everton on the opening weekend, thanks to a goal from Bobby de Cardova-Reed. But that optimism was doused last Saturday when they lost their opening home fixture 3-0 to near-neighbours Brentford and also had American defensive linchpin Tim Ream red-carded in conceding the penalty that put the visitors 2-0 up. It was exactly 12 months ago that Fulham arrived at Emirates Stadium after beating the Bees 3-2 at Craven Cottage. They were defeated here 2-1 to further aggravate a poor Premier League record against the Gunners, which now stands at just three wins, as opposed to 23 defeats in the 32 fixtures and no victories at all in this stadium. Drawn 5, lost 11. Evidently, Marco Silva and his players will be looking to do something about that this afternoon, though things get no easier next weekend with a visit to treble winners Manchester City. In between, on Tuesday night, they host Tottenham in the second round of the Carabao Cup. Marco Silva, head coach, born 12th of July 1977, Lisbon, Portugal, previously Estoril, 2011-14, Sporting Lisbon, 2014-15, Olympiacos, 2015-16, Hull, 2017, Watford, 2017-18, Everton, 2018-19. Fulham became Marker's fourth English club when he replaced Scott Parker as the club's head coach following Premier League relegation in 2021. The 46-year-old experienced mixed fortunes with Hull, Watford and Everton, but after 18 months out of the game, he returned to lead Fulham to a championship title triumph, enabling the Lisbon native to add another trophy to his collection, following a 2014-15 Portuguese Cup win with Sporting and a 2015-16 Greek title triumph with Olympiakos. 17. Bernd Leno Born by Tigheim Bissingen, Germany, 4th of March 1992. Previously Stuttgart, Bayer Leverkusen, Arsenal. Arsenal's first choice goalkeeper for three seasons after joining from Bayer Leverkusen in 2018, Bent lost his place to Aaron Ramsdale in 2021-22 and left to join Fulham last summer, where he immediately became the cottager's regular between the posts. The 31-year-old made 125 appearances in all for the Gunners and has been capped nine times by Germany. 2. Kenny Tate, born Amsterdam, Netherlands, 9th of October 1995, previously Ajax, Lyon. Netherlands international Kenny joined Fulham from Lyon in September 2020 and is established as the first choice right back in Marco Silva's side, scoring his first Premier League goal on the final day of last season at Old Trafford. The native Amsterdammer came through the Ajax Academy and helped the club reach the 2016-17 Europa League final, which they lost to Manchester United. 31. Issa Diop Born Toulouse, France, 9th of January 1997, previously Toulouse, West Ham. A France youth international, 
who won the European Under-19 title in 2016, Issa made his name at hometown club Toulouse in League One before joining West Ham in 2018 and scoring an own goal here at Emirates Stadium on his Premier League debut. The tall centre-back spent four seasons with the Hammers, making 121 appearances and scoring eight goals before crossing London to join Fulham last summer. 28. Sasha Lukic Born Sabac, Serbia, 13th of August 1996 Previously, Partizan Belgrade, Teleoptique Belgrade, loan, Torino, Levante, on loan. Sasha joined Fulham in January this year, after a lengthy spell in Italy with Torino, for whom he scored 13 goals in 151 Serie A outings. The former Partizan Belgrade midfielder made little impression in his first few months at Craven Cottage, but has started both Premier League games this season. A member of Serbia's 2022 World Cup squad, and has now accumulated 38 senior caps. 18. Andreas Pereira, born Buffel, Belgium, 1st of January 1996. Previously, Man United, Granada, loan, Valencia, loan, Lazio, loan, Flamengo, loan. Midfield playmaker Andreas was born in Belgium to a Brazilian father and played youth football for both countries before making his senior debut for Brazil in 2018. He joined Manchester United's academy in 2011 and eventually graduated to the first team, but never nailed down a first-team place, finally leaving last summer for Fulham, where he was a Premier League ever-present until he broke his ankle in April. 20. William Born Ibero Pires, Brazil, 9th of August, 1988 Previously, Corinthians, Shakhtar Donetsk, Arshim Akashkala, Chelsea, Arsenal, Corinthians. Now 35, William has just embarked on his 10th season in the Premier League, the first seven of those at Chelsea, the eighth here at Arsenal, where he struggled to show his true worth, before returning to his native Brazil to play for first club Corinthians. He came back to England last year, and scored five goals in 27 Premier League games for Fulham in 2022-23. 14. Bobby de Cordova-Reed, born Bristol, 2nd of February 1993. Previously, Bristol City, Cheltenham on loan, Oldham on loan, Plymouth on loan, Cardiff. Fulham's match winner on the opening weekend at Goodison Park, Bobby now has 10 Premier League goals for Fulham, to add to the five he scored for previous club Cardiff during his debut top-flight campaign in 2018-19. This is the 30-year-old's winger's fifth season with the Cottagers, and he made his 400th career appearance overall last weekend in the home defeat by Brentford. 7. Raul Jimenez Born Tepeji, Mexico, 5th of May 1991. Previously... America, Atletico Madrid, Benfica, Wolves. It is almost three years since Raul suffered the sickening head injury at Emirates Stadium that severely curtailed a career that had brought him 44 goals in his opening two seasons for Wolves, the first of them on loan from Benfica, where he was a double Portuguese champion. Camped 100 times by Mexico, 
scoring 30 goals. The 32-year-old left Molyneux for Craven Cottage on a two-year deal last month. 2023-2024 Stat Premier League Arsenal against Fulham Match facts and total cards Arsenal have never lost a home league game against Fulham, winning 24 and drawing 6 of their 30 such meetings. Fulham are winless in their last 10 Premier League games against Arsenal, drawn 2, lost 8, and have failed to keep a clean sheet in any of their last 16 against the Gunners. Cards, Arsenal 3 yellow cards and 1 red card, Fulham 4 yellow cards and 1 red card. Goals Arsenal 3, Fulham 1. Expected goals, Arsenal 2.9, Fulham 2. Goals conceded, Arsenal 1, Fulham 3. Expected goals against, Arsenal 2.2, Fulham 6.7. Clean sheets, Arsenal 1, Fulham 1. Shots, Arsenal 29, Fulham 19. Average possession, Arsenal 66%, Fulham 57.1%. Shot conversion rate. Arsenal 10.3%, Fulham 5.1%. Goal times. 0-15, Arsenal scored nil, conceded nil. Fulham scored nil, conceded nil. 16-30, Arsenal scored one, conceded nil. Fulham scored nil, conceded nil. 31 to 45, Arsenal scored 1, conceded 0, Fulham scored 0, conceded 1. 46 to 60, Arsenal scored 1, conceded 0, Fulham scored 0, conceded 0. 61 to 75, Arsenal scored 0, conceded 0, Fulham scored 1, conceded 1. 76 to 90, Arsenal scored nil, conceded one. Fulham scored nil, conceded one. Scouting report by Adrian Clark. Tactics. After promotion from the Championship, Marco Silva surprised many people with his positive, attack-minded, tactical approach during the 2022-23 Premier League season. His side played at a high tempo, pressed from the front, and passed the ball with confidence en route to a creditable 10th place finish. The Portuguese head coach was so pleased with this strategic approach that he retained the same formation, a 4-2-3-1, for all 38 games. Mikel Arteta and Eddie Howe were the only other managers who stuck with the same shape for every single league fixture. So, across the first couple of matches, it has been interesting to see Fulham line up in a 4-3-3 instead. Stylistically, Fulham still want to move the ball quickly and efficiently, but without their talismanic centre-forward Alexander Mitrovic, who left to join Al-Hilal, the cottagers have had to alter their tactics. Shortening their distribution, Silver's side have made an extra 89 passes per match compared to last term, sending significantly fewer crosses into the opposition box. Style of play. There is a sense the West Londoners are determined to become more of a controlled, possession-based side. Silva is encouraging his players to pass out from the back, play through the thirds via crisp distribution and clever movement. In midfield, they are aggressive. 
Fit again, Yao Polina is at the core of this tenacity. Winning a league-high 84 tackles in 2022-23, that's a full 27 more than any other player. As they build play, Silva also likes his wingers to invert onto their stronger foot, leaving space for his full-backs to provide width on the outside. Without Mitrovic to hit as a target man, though, Fulham's style of play is in the process of evolving. Team strengths. Set pieces were a huge plus for Fulham last term, finding the back of the net 14 times from corners and wide free kicks. Whipping his deliveries underneath the crossbar at pace, Andreas Pereira is their main man in this department. He made 36 chances from dead balls last season. Only two players, Kieran Trippier and James Ward-Prowse, managed more. Crossing in general is one of Fulham's strong suits. Fullbacks Anthony Robinson and Kenny Ted are excellent at providing ammunition from the flanks, and Silva also has good technicians such as William and Harry Wilson to rely on for quality deliveries too. Weaknesses Fulham's defending has been fragile across the opening two Premier League matches, with opponents Everton and Brentford producing a combined 17 shots on target. Silva will not be happy that his team's expected goals against Tully is currently averaging 3.3 per game. In attack, Fulham also lacked pace. They usually deploy wingers who want to cut inside, and their current striker options are Raul Jimenez or Carlos Vinicius, with neither offering blistering speed. Key man, Bent Leno, the former Arsenal keeper, enjoyed a superb debut campaign at Fulham, producing a string of outstanding individual displays. Since 2023-24 began, the Germany international has been kept extremely busy. Leno has already faced 16 non-penalty shots. And according to Opta, the ex-gunner has already prevented an extra 3.6 goals being scored against him. His sharp reflexes and increasingly confident distribution are of paramount importance to this Fulham side. The main photograph with this report has the caption Raul Jimenez towers over Brentford's Ethan Pinnock last weekend. The other two smaller photographs have the captions Athletic Anthony Robinson provides great width from fullback and Former Gunner Bent has shone since his arrival across the capital. Match action. Premier League, Saturday, August 12th, 1pm, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, Nicotia 26, assist Martinelli, Saka 32, assist Saliba. Nottingham Forest 1, Awaniwi 82, assist Elanga. Match stats. Expected goals, AFC 0.83, NFFC 1.18. Shots on target, AFC 7, NFFC 2. Hit woodwork, AFC 1, NFFC 0. Possession, AFC 78%. NFFC, 22%. Completed passes, AFC, 693. NFFC, 137. Corners, AFC, 8. 
NFFC 3 Tackles 1 AFC 15 NFFC 10 Offsides AFC 2 NFFC 1 Yellow Cards AFC 2 NFFC 2 Red Cards AFC 0 NFFC 0 Key Moments 26. Nicotia scores after great work from Martinelli inside the box. 32. Saka curls home the second from outside the area. 81. Rice sees his shot tipped away by Turner. 82. Iwaniwi finishes a breakaway to pull one back for the visitors. Quote, William Saliba. It's never easy to win the first game in the league, and we have done a good game. Unfortunately, we conceded a goal in the last 10 minutes, but it's OK. We learn and will improve for the next game. Match Facts This was the first time Gabrielle was not named in a Premier League starting eleven since August 2021, ending a run of 73 consecutive league starts. Only Paul Merson, 82 from February 1995 to February 1997, has ever had a longer run of consecutive Premier League starts for us. Eddie Nicotere has scored 14 goals in his last 16 starts at the Emirates Stadium in all competitions. We have won our opening game in four of the last five Premier League seasons. Match Action Premier League Monday, August 21st, 2023, 8pm, Selhurst Park, Crystal Palace nil, Arsenal 1, Odegaard, penalty, 53 minutes. Key moments, 29 minutes, Nketiah hits the post with a low shot, 42, Odegaard forces a smart save from Johnston, 53, Odegaard converts his penalty after Nketiah is fouled, 67, Tomiyasu is sent off for a second bookable offence. Quote, Declan Rice. Obviously before the game we knew how big coming to Selhurst Park is, start of the season, we need to keep the momentum going. Up until when we went down to 10 men, we were in complete control, dominated the game, passed the ball so well, should have been two up in the first half and to obviously score in the second half was really nice and then to hold on with the resilience we showed was perfect. Match facts. We kept our 200th Premier League away clean sheet, becoming only the third side to do so after Manchester United, 205, and Chelsea, 204. We are now unbeaten in 13 successive London derbies in the Premier League, 1-11, drawn two. Bukayo Saka made his 82nd consecutive appearance in the Premier League, equaling the club record in the competition set by Paul Merson between February 1995 and February 1997. Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, white. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 2. William Saliba 3. Kieran Tierney 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Margales 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard
9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emil Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. Durian Timber 14. Eddie Enquetia 15. Jakub Kivio 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu 19. Leandro Trossard 20. Giorgino 21. Fabio Vieira 22. David Rea, goalkeeper 24. Rhys Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 26. Fullerin Bulligan 27. Marquinhos 29. Kai Havertz 31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper 33. Arthur Okonkwo, goalkeeper 35. Alexandra Zinchenko 41. Declan Rice For Fulham, head coach Marco Silva, shirt white, shorts black, socks black 1. Marek Rodak, goalkeeper 2. Kenny Ted 3. Calvin Bassey 4. Tosin Adarabloyo 6. Harrison Reed 7. Raul Jimenez 8. Harry Wilson 10. Tom Kearney 11. Adama Traore 13. Tim Ream 14. Bobby de Cordova Reed 17. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper 18. Andreas Pereira 19. Rodrigo Muniz 20. William 26. Yao Polina 27. Kevin Babu 28. Sasa Lucic 30. Carlos Venicius 31. Isser Diop 33. Anthony Robinson 35. Therese Francois 38. Luke Harris 65. Jay Stansfield Referee Paul Tierney Assistant Referees Neil Davis Scott Ledger Fourth Official Thomas Brummel VAR Official Darren England Additional VAR Official Dan Cook Today's Other Fixtures 3pm Unless Stated Bournemouth vs Tottenham Hotspur 12.30pm Brantford vs Crystal Palace Everton vs Wolverhampton Wanderers Manchester United vs Nottingham Forest Brighton and Hove Albion vs West Ham United at 5.30pm No Room for Racism The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Soak in Arsenal FC, official money transfer partner. Supercharge your global payments and money transfers. Visit Sokin.com. Sokin is a trading name and a registered trademark of Plato Capital Limited. For further information on accessing the Sokin app and related payment services in your country of residence, please refer to www.sokin.com.
adidas.com slash arsenal. Where we belong. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.